food in the Northwest guaranteed fresh. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a dynamic duo who share the joy of the Catholic faith through catechesis and conversation on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. to you, August 23rd, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend, and we are ready to ride like the wind today. Uh, that was a wonderful way. We should make that our new Morning I Blend song. I kind of like song. that. I do. I do. It kind of, you, you were doing, you're dancing in yeah. the next room over there. I'm tapping my toes. That's a good start to the morning. Christopher Cross. Why are we playing that, yeah, David? I have no idea. <laughs> We could have played Christopher Cross sailing, and we could have sailed away okay. somewhere, somewhere. But, you know, we decided to ride like the wind. Actually, the reason we're playing that, and it's just kind of random, but I liked it anyway, because today is National Ride Like the Wind Day. Okay, so nationally we should. Okay, so here's a question for you, David. Yes. What does it mean to ride like the wind? What, what is he talking about? What does it mean to ride like the wind? Yeah. I, I have no idea. Because if if I'm going to do that today, I I need to know the the important points yeah. about it so I don't hurt myself. <laughs> well, here it is. There actually is a reason why it's National Ride Like the Wind Day. Again, this is kind of random, but I liked it anyway just to play Christopher Cross, Ride Like the Wind. Uh, it commemorates the anniversary of the first human-powered flight to win the Kremer Prize. So on August 23rd, August today's August 23rd, 1977... The Gossamer Condor flew the first figure eight course specified by the Royal Aeronautical Society at Minter Field in Schaffner, California. Slowly cruising at only 11 miles per hour, it traveled a distance of over 2,000 meters. I think it was a guy just pedaling and oh. took off and ride, rode like the wind. Okay, yeah. that is fantastic. Now, I in our trip to Washington D.C. recently, we went to the Airspace Museum and looked around. It did not mention that one at all. Okay, well, I'm although there you. were thousands of panels to read in yeah. that museum, I might have missed. Might it. have been there somewhere. You know what? I did not miss while we were there. I think this would be ride like the wind. Mm-hmm. The original. Right flyer. Oh yeah, is in the Smithsonian Institute. No kidding. I have a picture of it. That's it right there. That's the one that rode. The only thing they've changed is the fabric because it's deteriorated, and they've preserved a piece of it for you to see. Mm -hmm. So they've replaced the fabric, but otherwise, the motor, the framework, everything. Even one of the Wright brothers, he was up there talking to people about it. No kidding. He's pretty old now. He looks great. (laughs) He's still doing well. (laughs) Well, good for him. Maybe he was animatronic and not the oh, real guy. Oh, is that it? That could be. Well, you know, anyway. these days those robots look really pretty true to life. So get out there and ride like the wind today. You know what? When I was a kid and you get on your bicycle and That's just a- go. Yeah. Yeah. See, that was riding like the wind right there. My son, Christian, he used to ride his bike a lot, unfortunately, before he got his vehicle. But he had only one speed 
on his bike, and that was as fast as you could pedal. Yes. That was the speed of his bike, and I used to get so worried. But, uh, you know, after a few wrecks, he, you know, Got it. still rode fast. So I remember when I was in, I think it was middle school, that I got my first Schwinn Continental 10-speed <gasps> burgundy-colored bicycle. What? And I loved that bike. I rode that bike miles. I raced that bike, in fact. What? In the pole pedal paddle. Pole pedal paddle. And in you were the, the pedal portion I of it? I was the pedal portion of that in Central Oregon. That uh, Schwinn Continental took me right down Bachelor, Mount Bachelor, right into Bend. How wow. About How about that? How about that? Yeah. I have not ridden my bike for such a long time, but I don't want to get rid of it either. Yeah. I have a very nice La Jolla beach cruiser. Oh, yeah. With a basket and a bell. Oh, uh, see, that's perfect. Ding, yeah. ding. Ding, ding. Get out of my way. Get out of my way or warn my kids ahead of me. Ding, <laughs> ding. And they, right. they'd listen for it. So, well, ride like the wind. Maybe I'll get yeah. my bike out today. Get and out. Uh, Ride let, like the wind. <laughs> no, we'll, you don't want to see that. Play more Christopher Cross for you, too. Uh, you know, we got more tickets to the Vancouver Wine and Jazz Festival we'll be giving away this morning. Got a couple pairs for you That's today. That's right. 7 o'clock so, hour, yeah. 8 o'clock hour, we'll yeah. give away. One thing I wanted to mention, too, because we didn't mention this yesterday, you got to come by the studio to pick them up. Yeah. So y- just it an starts, FYI. Today's Wednesday. Yeah. It starts Friday. Friday, right. So, so uh, that's the best way to get them. If you can come by the studio, uh, win them, uh, that's perfect. So anyway, just a heads up. But what do you got coming up today? Well, under the weight of abuse cases filed against them, the Archdiocese of San Francisco files for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, saying it's going to allow them to better handle each case. All right. And you mentioned this to me this morning, getting a little darker. We'll give you a few facts and figures about that today. All right. We've got a great show ahead for you on this Wednesday morning. Here's Julie Hoy and Green Light. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
Hey, that's our good friend Julie Hoy out of Salem. Green light. Great to hear from Julie there. It is 709 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Wednesday where we are riding like the wind today. So uh, hopefully you'll ride along with us. And coming up next, we're going to hear from Father Dan Petit, going to talk about the Franciscan Way. It's right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Dei Radio and Father Robert Barcelos in prayer with the morning offering. A morning prayer written by St. Therese. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O my God, I offer Thee all my actions of this day for the intentions and for the glory of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I desire to sanctify every beat of my heart, my every thought, my simplest works, by uniting them to His infinite merits. And I wish to make reparation for my sins by casting them into the furnace of His merciful love. O oh my God, I ask of Thee for myself and for those whom I hold dear, the grace to fulfill perfectly Thy holy will, to accept for love of Thee the joys and sorrows of this passing life, so that we may one day be united together in heaven for all eternity. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MaterDayRadio.com. In your hands, O oh Lord, we humbly entrust our deceased brothers and sisters. Day Radio joins Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services for a special rosary for the faithful departed on Wednesday, August 30th. Cards will be available to request a special intention for your loved one. Deacon David Hamus will lead the Holy Rosary and Litany of the Faithful Departed at 12.30 at Gethsemane Chapel in Happy Valley and 2.30 at Mount Calvary Catholic Cemetery in Portland on Wednesday afternoon, August 30th. Be a part of this uplifting time of peace and renewal. For more information, search the keyword Rosary on the community calendar at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Unite with us in this powerful prayer session for Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services and Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 712 here at Mater Dei Radio. We start the day with some cooler temperatures, but warming up into the afternoon. A mix of sun and clouds this afternoon as we climb to 80 degrees. Mm. Overnight, we're back to the upper 50s. Then Thursday looks like a hazy morning, but more sunshine into the afternoon. 93 oh, tomorrow. It's okay. going to be hot. Yeah. Now, here's what's interesting. Thursday night into Friday, there's about a 30% chance of thunderstorm. Saw that, yeah. So I wonder where that's going to be coming from. So watch out for that. But those warm temperatures going to stick with us through the weekend. All right. So on her feast day, 59 degrees at St. Rose of Lima here in Portland. And it is also 59 degrees at Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church in Vancouver. So you want to give a pair of tickets away? Oh, I would love to give away a pair All of tickets. Right. So as we mentioned at the open of the show, 
the Vancouver Wine and Jazz Festival happening this Friday through Sunday, Esther Short Park in Vancouver. Going to be a wonderful event. We got a pair of tickets for you. And again, you can use these tickets for one of those days. So just one day, but you can pick your day, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. But you have to come over here to the studio on Sylvan Hill to pick them up at Monterey Radio Studio before Friday. So just a heads up on that. But we do have a pair of tickets for you right now. So here is the number to call, 888-823-5286-888-823-5286. We'll take the second caller. Again, here's the number, 888-823-5286. Call right now. Good morning. This is Dina Marie with a Franciscan moment on Matre Day Radio. The history of the Franciscan order is a long and fruitful one. Founded by St. Francis in 1209, the Franciscans are dedicated to the apostolic life of poverty and preaching. But did you know that the Franciscans consist of three orders? The first order comprises priests and lay brothers who have sworn to a life of prayer, preaching and penance. The second order, founded in 1212, consists of cloister nuns known as the Poor Clares, while the third order consists of religious members and laypersons who observe Franciscan principles in teaching, charity, and social service. With me today to discuss the beauty of Franciscan life is Father Dan Petit, Franciscan friar and member of the Third Order Regular. Good morning, Father Dan. Thanks for coming back during our summer season. Oh, you're welcome. Good to be with you again. Well, I know last time that we talked, you were getting ready to head off for a week-long meeting with the rest of your community for a particular chapter in Loretto, Pennsylvania, which I was not familiar with the Loretto. It put that on the map for me. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about this third order regular. You're part of the most sacred heart or the sacred heart of Jesus province. And uh, this idea of having a chapter and gathering for a regular meeting, what's this all about for the Franciscan community? Well, the every four years, we have three choices placed before us to elect our provincial. So the provincial who's the leader of the province, you know, kind of, I guess, if you want to put that in more familiar terms, you'd say the CEO of a corporation, although it's not quite operates the same way. The model for this is, of course, Christ himself as servant, but he's the provincial and we elect him and we're given three choices on how to do that. One is by mail election and ballot. A second is by chapter delegates and the delegates get together and elect him and you know, membership sends delegates that they vote on there. Or the other third way is chapter of the whole, and we all go and elect him. And that's what we chose this time uh, two weeks ago. We, all of us, all the members of the province got together in Loretto, Pennsylvania, and we elected our our provincial and his um, vicar, who is the vicar provincial, the second in charge, and then four council members who help govern the province and implement our strategic planning for the next four years. And that's what they that's what the chapter is all about is electing our leadership. 
And tell us a little bit, Father Dan, just about we were talking off the air about Loretto, Pennsylvania, just some of the significance of the presence of the Franciscans there. It kind of surprised me um, a little bit of of where you met and then the St. Francis University and, and some of the property right there. Well, you know, the uh, the St. Francis University began as the College of St. Francis. It's the oldest Franciscan university in the United States, founded in 1847 by the brothers uh, of St. Francis from Ireland. And they had established this charter to start this college in 1847. And in 1910, they got together with some Brooklyn brothers from Brooklyn up in New York and some other brothers uh, from Spalding in Nebraska. And these three groups petitioned Rome, the Third Order Regular, to switch over to the Third Order Regular. And in 1910, that's what happened. And it happened in Loretto. And they began then, they weren't uh, going to be only a lay brother community, but it also included now priests. So some of the brothers began to study in seminary to become ordained priests. And that was that's what began the Sacred Heart Province in 1910 in the United States here, where the Third Order regular sent someone from Rome to bring together this amalgamation of these three groups that wanted to join. Right. So you've got St. Francis University and then across the properties where you met. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's pretty amazing, that story, because, of course, you know, the community of brothers, and they're in our necrology, we pray for them as deceased brothers. They go back to the 1840s, you know, where that's when the college was founded, 1847. So we built up back then in the early 1900s, a house, a big, huge building. It was called Old Main. It was all made out of wood. It had St. Francis College in there with the classrooms. It had our novitiate, the postulancy. It had the, the prep school. The, the college prep school was in there for the high school boys. All this was housed in this huge three-story building. And in the early 1940s, it burned down to the ground. And the friars lost everything in the fire. And so what happened was some friends of St. Francis, there was an old dilapidated mansion across the street from the college that formerly belonged to the steel magnate Charles Schwab. He was a multimillionaire at one time. He lost everything in the, in the uh, 1929 crash of the stock market and basically died a pauper up in New York. And then... This home that he built in Loretto was like this mansion, and it just got dilapidated and overgrown with weeds. Well, when our place burned down, some friends of St. Francis paid the taxes on it and then handed it over to us, and that became our new home. And so that's where we now have our, I guess you'd call it our mother house, the center of our province. The provincial leadership is there, and we also have our retired friars living there as well. Right, right. It's right across the street from St. Francis University. It's just amazing. And what a great gift um, to have that given to the fr to the friars uh, to continue on the tradition and to continue on prayer. Because I think there was something you mentioned to me about prayer and uh, Charles Schwab's desire to have some prayer for him. <laughs> yeah, from his yes. sister? 
Yeah, his sister, actually, Kitty Corner, to um, the property we have, uh, the Charles Schwab Mansion, uh, is uh, a Carmel monastery, Carmelite monastery, and Charles Schwab's sister joined the convent and said, I'm going to pray for your soul for the rest of my life. And so Charles turned around and he said, well, then I'm going to build you your monastery. And he built an exact replica of the Lisieux Carmel in Lisieux, France, and built it right there in Loretto. And the Carmelites are still there to this day. It's a cloistered convent of Carmelite sisters that live there. We've been their chaplains since their founding, and um, the TORs have, and we're still their chaplains. We have mass for them and supply the sacraments and everything. So it's... Uh, it's quite remarkable, uh, this relationship there and this outgrowth of religious life in this small town of only 200 people, Loretto, Pennsylvania. Wow. Oh, I hadn't heard it before. I I read that you were having your meeting there. And so I thought, wow, how interesting. And then I looked on the, the website for St. Francis University. I mean, the shrine and the gardens. I mean, it's quite oh, yeah. beautiful when you just look at the photos. I'd love to be able to visit. Tell us a little bit just about how you can see the Catholic faith come alive at the university property and just in that Loretto, Pennsylvania area. Well, it's in terms of mother nature, the, the university, it's my alma mater and it's a beautiful campus. It's just so green there. I was just there like being in Texas, it's 105, 110 <laughs> degrees. It's so brown and dry. I was there and I just was struck by how green and how moist the grass is it's, and the trees and the overgrowth. We And it's called, St. Francis University has the subtitle College Among the Pines because it really is outdoor. It's in the Allegheny Mountains. And in the fall, for example, the Allegheny Mountains just look like a bowl of sherbet with all the color, you know, it's just so beautiful. And then, of course, the sunken gardens were where Charles Schwab used to throw some of his big soirees for all of his wealthy friends like the Carnegies, the Mellons, and all these people would come and visit with them, and they'd have all these big parties. And he had the capital sins in statue form in the sunken gardens. Oh, my. Which people hauled them off and over the years when it was dilapidated they all that we never did recover those of course we did we put the statue of the saint therese in there instead and you know this kind of thing and there's reflective pools in there that he had put in we maintained all those and rehabilitated them and it's just beautiful oh wonderful i'm talking with father dan petit franciscan friar they just came back from their uh, chapter meeting and electing some of their their provincial and other members to continue on the Franciscan order. This is the third order friars, and what a great opportunity to learn a little bit more about our Franciscan history right here in the U.S. Father, I'm coming up to a break, and I want to talk a little bit more about the Franciscans and the the rule that you live by, and just give us a little insights on that. But why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back in the next half an hour and continue our conversation. Sounds good. Thank you, Dina Marie.
Canada 724 here at Mater Day Radio. Hey, congratulations to John. He is the winner of the Tickets to Wine and Jazz Festival. You got another chance to call in. I know many people were excited to try to win those tickets, but here in the 8 o'clock hour, we will have more. So stay with us right here at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 726 at Mater Day Radio. Well, we hit a time milestone in just a couple days. Tell you about it in the news. And the Archdiocese of San Francisco files for bankruptcy 11. Uh, Chapter 11 bankruptcy, they say, though, it will not be affecting all of the parishes and schools. I'll have that story for you coming up in news. Here is Kyle Sincouli from The Cross. We are The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Have a breakdown. There is hope for you. Keep your head up. It's nothing to be scared of. You have been forgiven.
That's Kyle Sincouli and From the Cross. It is 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordelioni on Monday announced that the Archdiocese would be submitting a Chapter 11 bankruptcy filing, a development the prelate had earlier warned might come about as a result of numerous abuse filings against the Archdiocese. Cordleone earlier in August had warned that the filing was very likely in response to the more than 500 civil lawsuits alleging clerical sexual abuse filed against the archdiocese. A Chapter 11 filing, the archbishop said at that time, would allow the archdiocese to deal with those cases collectively rather than one at a time. Now, in an announcement posted on the Archdiocese website, Cordelioni said that after much reflection, prayer, and consultation with our financial and legal advisors, the Archdiocese has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy reorganization. Cordelioni said only the legal entity of the Archdiocese itself would be covered by the bankruptcy filings. Our parishes, schools, and other entities are not included in the filing, he said. Our mission will continue as it always has. The Archbishop said offertory funds from individual parishes, as well as funds raised during annual appeals, would not be used to cover the costs of the settlement. Well, if you're an early-to-bed person like me, you may find it interesting that Friday will be the last day for a while that the sun sets after 8 p.m. In fact, Friday is it. The sun dips below the horizon at 8.01 p.m. Friday, then Saturday sunset, 7.59 p.m. So that's it. Uh, Portland, Portland will continue to lose about three minutes of daylight each day with both later sunrises and earlier sunsets with these shorter days. Obviously comes cooler temperatures as you lose your heat source. Portland's normal daytime highs will drop nearly 10 degrees in the month of September. The autumn equinox falls on September 23rd, marking an equal amount of daylight and nighttime hours and the first day of fall, of course. After that, we start to transition to more hours of darkness and we'll slowly do that, leading to the winter solstice on December 21st, and that's the shortest day of the year, and that's the start of winter. So you mentioned to me this morning, gosh, it seemed dark this morning. It was like not even twilight when I left my house at about 5.15 this morning. It was dark around, and then it wasn't until after I got into the station, and I went, wow, this happened really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. Well, get used to it. Okay. (laughs) I think I have no choice. Yes, I, I think so. Peace Health announced late Tuesday afternoon that it's beginning the process of closing its University District Hospital in Eugene. In a news release, the health system called the hospital underutilized and said it loses an average of $2 million 
per month. The university district hospital sees an average of 95 patients daily, according to Peace Health. Ambulatory and behavioral health services will stay at the university district hospital. However, pending regulatory approval, most services, including the emergency department and inpatient rehabilitation, will be moved less than six miles away to Sacred Heart Medical Center at River Bend in Springfield. Peace Health said it will phase out emergency department services at the university district location in November. The 27-bed inpatient rehabilitation unit will be temporarily located to River Bend in early 2024. The Oregon Nurses Association said it strongly opposes the closure. And in a statement released Tuesday afternoon, ONA said its contract with the Oregon Health Authority to determine if there are regulatory ways to block the closure. Well, in what seems like another space race, India has landed a spacecraft on the moon today, becoming only the fourth nation to ever accomplish such a feat. Trivia question for you. Can you name the other three nations? Uh, United States. Correct. Uh, 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 Russia. Correct. And um, mm, 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 uh, Costa Rica. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Not that, them. That would be China. China. That's that makes right. sense. So, so, you know, today's landing comes after Russia's first lunar mission in decades ended in failure with its uncrewed Luna 25 spacecraft crashing into the moon's surface over the weekend. The incident, big blow to Russia's new space ambitions. So the U.S. has its own plans to return to the moon with its Artemis program led by NASA. It's intended to reestablish a human presence on the moon for the first time since the Apollo 17 mission in 1972. The next step in the program is planned for next year with a four-person crew test flight. Now, if all goes as planned, a crew could land on the moon as early as 2025. So another space race to the moon. All right. I like it. Yeah. Got to set a goal. That's it. Our Lady of Guadalupe proclaimed the gospel in mother tongue, Pope Francis said Wednesday in a message that highlighted the important role mothers play in passing on the faith to the next generation. In his catechesis on evangelization earlier today, the Pope spoke about how the apparition of Our Lady of Guadalupe in 1531 helped to spread the gospel across the Americas, praising her as an inspired model of motherhood motherhood and enculturation. When Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared to Juan Diego on Tepeyac Hill in Mexico City on December 12, 1531, she told him, let nothing frighten you or trouble your heart. Am I not here? I who am your mother. Pope Francis highlighted this quote as an example of how the Virgin Mary always consoles us, makes us go forward, and thus allows us to grow like a good mother who, while following in her son's steps, launches him into the world's challenges. Pope Francis pointed out that it was the Blessed Virgin Mary who encouraged St. Juan Diego to persevere in this moment of trial. 
In sports, University of Portland men's soccer team has been picked to finish first in the West Coast Conference in the annual WCC Coaches Preseason Poll. And a program record four players also picked to the all-conference preseason team. This is the second season in a row that the Pilots have been picked to finish first in the conference. Portland received four first-place votes to finish just ahead of San Diego. Loyola Marymount and St. Mary's trailed in third and fourth followed by Santa Clara, Pacific, San Francisco, and Gonzaga. Pilots open the regular season at home against Sacramento State on Friday. Kickoff set for 7 p.m. Whenever St. Rosa of Lima is depicted in painting or statues, it appears that she is wearing a Dominican habit and is a religious nun. However, while she greatly desired to enter a Dominican monastery, her father forbade it. Instead, St. Rose of Lima lived at home and became a member of the Third Order of St. Dominic. This means that she was technically a lay member of the Dominican Order and lived in the world outside of a monastery. She did wear a habit that is specific to members of the Third Order and also made a personal vow of perpetual virginity. St. Rose of Lima led a life similar to St. Catherine of Siena, who was also a member of the Third Order of St. Dominic. Both women were not religious nuns who lived in a monastery, but instead lived out their lives in the seclusion of their own homes. Currently, while Third Orders still exist today, the religious habit no longer worn by members except in death. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And I think this is a perfect way to celebrate today's feast day. Today at 6 o'clock, it is Summer Wednesdays at St. Rose of Lima Parish here in Portland. Adoration with praise and worship led by Daniel Oberreiter begins at 6. Then a hot dog and hamburger barbecue hosted by the Knights of Columbus in their courtyard at 7. Then all together, you're going to watch one episode of The Chosen, nice. 7.30. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, matradayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And we'll have more from Father Dan and Dina Marie on the Franciscan Way right after the forecast. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. Hi, my name is Will Detheridge. I grew up going to St. Juan Diego and Holy Trinity in Portland, and I'm a young entrepreneur. My company, Catholics for Hire, helps bring the church into the digital world. Inspired by Blessed Carlo Acutis, Catholics for Hire creates websites, videos, podcasts, and other digital resources to help you evangelize. We also produce print media, such as bulletins, manage social media, and assist with online advertising. Our mission is to get parishes, nonprofits, and even businesses connected to talented young Catholic professionals across the country. If you're looking for a new website, a podcast producer, a newsletter redesign, or more, check out our website at catholicsforhire.com. We ask you to join us in asking our patron to pray for the new evangelization across digital media. 
Blessed Carlo Acutis, pray for us. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Day Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And it is 7.42 at Mater Day Radio. We've got a few morning clouds out there, then partly sunny skies later today. going to be 80 degrees, your high. Partly cloudy overnight tonight, low of 57. Then tomorrow, going to see maybe a little haze again, smoky haze, we'll see. But going to be warm, 93 tomorrow, Ooh. and pretty much the 90s right into the weekend. So uh, be prepared for a little warmer weather. Currently, it is 53 degrees at St. Cecilia's Catholic Church in Beaverton. And 52 degrees at St. Mark's Church in Eugene. This is Dina Marie, and I'm back with Franciscan friar, Father Dan Petit. We're just talking a little bit about the Franciscan life, and the Franciscans, the third order regular, just had their chapter meeting in Loretto, Pennsylvania. Father was telling us a little bit about St. Francis University, which is also located there, and just some of the community building, and what a great way for you to come together, all of the friars at different ministries around the states to come together to pray, and then to look at the next four years. Um, talking about that, you live by a, a rule. I think most of us are familiar in the Pacific Northwest of the Benedictine rule, the rule of uh, St. Benedict. We've got the Benedictine monastery at uh, Mount Angel Abbey, but you have a Franciscan rule. Give us a sense, Father Dan, of this Franciscan rule, the rule of St. Francis. And I mean, it was developed over 800 years ago. How do you, how do you keep that going? in modern times? Well, actually, what happened was Francis did initially give us, I guess you could say, a rule for the Third Order, which was just, it was lay people, it was hermits, it, and it, it wasn't differentiated for religious like myself and lay people. It was just what they call a letter to all the faithful, and that would be the lay faithful who wanted to follow him. And he sent them two letters and it was under Pope Nicholas IV that we got the first rule for the secular Franciscans. And he was a Franciscan himself who became Pope in the uh, late 13th century. And he gave the first rule to the seculars. And the third order actually came into being, at least my community, the men, came into being in the 14th century when a group of hermits decided to come together and live in community. And then we adapted the rule of Pope Nicholas IV to ourselves and have since had it rewritten by the Holy See several times. The most recent rule that was rewritten was Pope John Paul II in 1982. That's our rule now, and that's all updated for the times. Mm -hmm. 
What are some of the different core, I guess the core tenets of the rule that how you live, how you serve, how you live in community, the Franciscan way, so to speak? Well, you know, it's interesting. Vatican II, you've probably heard this before, said to religious, return to the sources of your founder. And of course, we all did that. The Franciscans, the Dominicans, all of us have done this. And the Third Order did that as well. And we started a movement of rewriting our rule at the grassroots level, starting with the Franciscan sisters. And then later on, the TORs got involved. And we all together came up with this rule. And we went to John Paul II and said, will you approve this? And he looked at it and he said, this is all about penance and conversion. He said, I need this in the church. He said, put a chapter in there on celibate chastity and I'll approve it. Wow. And so it was, it was a grassroots rule based on prayer and study that the sisters and, and um, the brothers did to arrive at the charism. And what we arrived at was conversion and penance is at the core of the third order charism in the church. Hmm. And John Paul saw that and he said, I need this in the church and I approve it in 1982. And that became then our official rule. Right. And, you know, today, Father Dan, as you live out your vocation, you're in parish ministry. There's different types of ministries that the Third Order Regular, the TORs, are currently involved in. You know, tell us a little bit about some of those different ministries and and how you're able to live out that rule in these different areas of the church. Well, I think uh, for, I, I'm particularly sensitive to one area in particular, and that would be the way in which preaching ministry is related to conversion, of course, which would hopefully lead then to the confessional. And I mean, we've always had a saying that since I've been in the province, at least, you if you if you preach it, you got to pastor it. And that's kind of what we do. Um, you know, we try to preach. And of course, it's it's preaching obviously not to just like the old missions of the late early 20th century where they just convict you of sin and you're going to hell and all this no we preach the mercy of christ and the passion of christ and devotion to the eucharist that was very close to the heart of francis uh we preach um conversion and penance for a deeper love of christ and the blessed mother i mean these are the kinds of things and you get deeply into the gospel and you start to realize how slow we are to respond to the call of christ and you say gee something needs to change well that's conversion you know and so that's kind of what i find in the parish for example just this sunday i i had the five o'clock mass on sunday which finished at about six and i heard confessions till quarter to eight an hour and 45 minutes you know they and it's not because you tell people because they're garbage. No, you tell people like, gee, there's something really incredible going on here and they want to get into it. So yeah. they repent and they go to confession. And that's one of the ways I think our charism, especially in the church, works itself out is you you pastor what is preached on Sunday. You know? Right. Pastor, what is preached? And right now you're serving in Fort Worth, Texas at St. Andrew Church. There's three Franciscan friars that are on staff. Right. And that's something we attempt to do as often as possible as we as, as friars, of course, we have community life. And uh, we generally try and avoid 
one priest perishes for that reason, because we are called to community in the vows of community life and fraternal life. Right. I mean, that was big for St. Francis was that fraternal life. I mean, that was really the core of everything would flow out of that fraternity, that community togetherness. Yes. And that's right. Like he said in his testament, he said, the Lord gave me brothers. Now, admittedly, though, and this is the other side of it, Francis suffered the most at the hands of his brothers. Right. And there's the cross. I mean, it's mm -hmm. like, and that is, I mean, uh, communal life, I think, does, just like married life does, I'm sure that it has its challenges. Anytime you attempt to live in close proximity with another human being, it gets, it can get tough, you know, and. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but you make that, you make it work. And I think, you know, what, what amazes me, Father, is um, for the per person in the pew to have the connection with a religious community in your parish. Because so many people, I think, don't have that experience. And so whether they see our religious sisters, whether they see our friars, it makes a difference in, I think, our understanding of the universal church. Right. It really does. And of course, I'm down here in the South in Texas. Uh, it's it's uh, very, it's heavily Baptist, of course. And uh, it, there are occasions, I don't do it all the time, but there are occasions when I will go out in my habit. And uh, sometimes I, I don't know what they think I am, but it's like, it's so unusual to see a man dressed in a habit like that uh, yeah. with a cord. And it's like, wow, what is that? Is that like, is that some kind of goth uniform or what is that? You know, it's like <laughs> they, they don't know what to make of it sometimes, you know? Yeah. But again, that evangelization and hopefully it will open some hearts of just a conversation, right? For We just need a dialogue and get to know one another. And, and that opens the door to Christ working in us. Yeah, no, it does. And um, it does. I, you know, and there is, uh, the spirit blows where he wills. The witness to the gospel is not, therefore, under our control. If we really let it go, if we really let the spirit to be free in our lives, he will blow where he wills and he'll do what he wills. And a lot of times without you even knowing he's doing it. I mean, that's what I've discovered. A lot of times that testimony is in the Holy Spirit, and that's given whether you're conscious of it or not. I mean, as long as you're in the Lord and you're trying to live holiness, stay faithful to your vows, stay faithful to your priesthood, the Spirit's going to blow where he wills and give testimony on your behalf. You know, right. And and try to draw people to Christ. Exactly. Father Dan Petit, Franciscan friar with us, giving us some insights on the Franciscan order and the third order regular. He's part of the Sacred Heart of Jesus chapter or province uh, that serves in parts of the in U.S. In fact, where 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 yeah. does your this the Sacred Heart province touch in terms of the different states or ministries? Right now, we have uh, we have two parishes here in Fort Worth, Texas. We have. Uh, Two in Florida, in uh, the St. Petersburg Diocese, it's now, it does, it's just St. Petersburg. And then we have several in the Loretto area, 
And then, of course, we have Franciscan University, which was founded by uh, the TORs and the bishop there in 1946. And then, of course, 1847, St. Francis University. And, yeah. and then we have a couple of friars working in hospital ministry, and they're, they're um, some in Pittsburgh. We have one in um, New Jersey, and they're doing hospital service and ministry as well. Wonderful. Well, we love it. And we'll continue to pray for the Franciscan order to continue to grow and flourish. And again, that conversion is so important, preaching and penance. And so I love that, the heart of St. Francis. Father Dan, it's always fun to talk with you. And I always learn something new as I as I hear about your life story and your vocation. And you continue to bless all those folks in Fort Worth, Texas. Would you help us close with your prayer and blessing? Sure. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit to revive us in your love, that we may ever draw closer to your Son, Jesus Christ, especially in the Eucharist and through the sacrament of holy penance. And we ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may the blessed mighty God descend upon you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Father Dan. Have a great summer season. All right. Thank you. You too. And it is 7.55 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend on this Wednesday morning. Well, have you downloaded the free Hail Mary Media app? Yes, it is free. Just go to our website. You got all the details right there. With the Hail Mary Media app, you can get access to our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. You can tune into the live broadcast of Mater Day Radio, sign up for customized prayer reminders, listen to podcasts through the app. So just a great resource for you to have. Again, it is free. It is the Hail Mary Media app. Find out all the details on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Broadcasting the fullness of truth, this is Mater Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator, K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at materdayradio.com. Summertime is a great time to drive the open road, unless your old reliable wheels just aren't up to the task anymore. You know who could use that old car? Mater Day Radio. You can donate most vehicles, cars, trucks, vans, RVs, and boats to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program with the proceeds supporting a faith-filled Catholic broadcast, and in return, getting yourself a likely tax deduction. More information on our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. And another tropical storm pounds the Southwest. We'll have the details in the news. And Pakistani Catholics in the U.S. are crying for international advocacy as homes in Pakistan looted by mobs. I'll have that story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint.
Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. She was born to the name Isabel Flores de Oliva to a wealthy family in Peru of 1586. She later picked up the nickname Rose after a servant thought they saw her face transform into a beautiful rose for just a moment. She was a true beauty to behold, and she only grew in grace throughout her life. Not only was Rose a beautiful young girl, but also very pious. From an early age, she began intensely fasting and welcomed severe penances in secret to humble herself and keep her eyes fixed on Christ. In one instance, she was called out for her beauty and in shame, she chopped off her hair and rubbed pepper on her face to ruin her complexion. Her parents tried desperately to find her a suitor that she would accept, but Rose refused anyone who desired her hand in marriage. She wanted nothing more than to take a vow of chastity, even if it were against her parents' wishes. Rose desired to become a nun and enter the religious life, but her parents were still adamant about her getting married. Finally, after so much frustration, her parents compromised and allowed her to have her own room in the house to prolong the engagement. Rose would sell her fine embroidery and home-grown bouquets to earn money for her family, as well as support the sick and poor around her. She was able to receive the Blessed Sacrament daily, something that was very rare at the time, and would eventually only leave her house to pray and attend Mass. Because her father still forbade her from entering religious life, Rose became a tertiary, or a lay member of a Dominican order. She wasn't required to live in a religious community, but still was granted the religious habits that allowed her to participate in the good works of the order. Rose would only sleep for two hours each night so that she would have more time devoted to prayer and suffered from various physical and mental ailments throughout her life. She also continued to practice her habits of fasting and even went as far as making a silver crown with small spikes on the inside to wear her own crown of thorns and remind herself of Christ's suffering. To many individuals, it would seem that she was simply throwing away the life she could have had. She could have had anything she desired for how beautiful she was. But what Rose experienced was pure ecstasy through her devotion and relationship with God. She loved her life and didn't desire to flaunt her natural beauty for her own benefits. We can easily get stuck on outward appearances and sometimes forget that what truly matters is what's inside. Christ wants a relationship with us and not just one that we put on for Sundays at Mass for an hour. He wants us to go to drastic measures and experience the power of His love. I'm in no way suggesting to rub pepper on your face, but I am suggesting that we each find our own small, beautiful ways to grow closer in relationship with Christ. St. Rose of Lima, patron saint against vanity, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is made in partnership by Spoke Street Media and Awaken Catholic. Awaken the Saint. For more information about the Saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download today our free Hail Mary media app. Details can be found at materdayradio.com. It is 8 o'clock. It's been really active weather the last couple of days. Tropical Storm Harold made landfall in Texas on Tuesday. The storm quickly weakened after moving inland, but the remnants are expected to bring heavy rain to the southwest through today. There is concern about flooding. Corpus Christi, Texas, already recorded more rain in just a few hours than it has received for the entire summer, according to the National Weather Service. Meanwhile, cleanup operations continue across Southern California as communities grapple with the aftermath of Tropical Storm Hillary, which brought historic rainfall to the region.
Crews have been working nonstop to clear mud and debris, rescue stranded residents, and try to restore normalcy to areas that hadn't witnessed such intense rain in nearly a century. Some areas saw rainfall totals that almost met their average rainfall total for the year. Saw some video footage yesterday. It was the mud. Oh, sure. Oh, they were. It was just like Thick. buckets and buckets of mud down the street in people's yards just from runoff. So mm. quite the mess. Pakistani Catholics in the U.S. are calling for international advocacy and action following a devastating August 16th attack on several Christian churches in Pakistan's eastern city of Jaranwala. At least six churches, including St. Paul Catholic Church and the Historic Salvation Army Church, were set on fire by armed Muslim mobs numbering as high as 7,000. Bibles and other religious items were destroyed and hundreds of private homes belonging to Christians were looted with attackers piling families' belongings outside, setting fire to them. The violence in Jaranwala followed accusations that two Christians had violated Pakistan's blasphemy laws by desecrating the Quran, Islam's holy text. More than 100 rioters have been arrested, having been identified in social media videos of the attacks. And some eyewitnesses accused police of failing to intervene during the attacks. Pakistani authorities on Monday handed out thousands of dollars to nearly 100 Christian families whose homes were destroyed or damaged. Prime Minister Anwar Kakar on Monday traveled to the area to meet with some of the victims of the attack and hand out the compensation. He promised in a televised speech that the state will ensure the protection of minorities, including Christians, Hindus, Sikhs and Ahmadis. Well, there's a new sheriff in town when it comes to policing online tech companies in Europe. The first phase of the European Union's groundbreaking new digital rules will take effect this week. The Digital Services Act is part of a suite of tech-focused regulations crafted by the 27-nation bloc, long a global leader in cracking down on tech giants. So the DSA, which the biggest platforms such as Google, Facebook, and TikTok must start following Friday, is designed to keep users safe online and stop the spread of harmful content that's either illegal or violates a platform's terms of service. Some online platforms, which could face billions in fines if they don't comply, have already started making changes. This includes ways European users can flag illegal online content, dodgy products, which companies will be obligated to take down quickly and objectively. In pockets of downtown Portland, the fight to revive the city is on full display. The state created the Portland Central City Task Force. Members of the task force met for the first time on Tuesday. Governor Tina Kotek launched the task force two weeks ago to create a plan on how to better the city when it comes to issues like homelessness, safety, drug use, and crime. It's made up of about 40 people, including downtown business owners and city leaders. They're broken up into five groups, central city value proposition, livable neighborhoods, community safety, housing and homelessness, and taxes for services. 
Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler is also on the task force. He submitted an eight-page list of requests of the state, including $21 million to fund his temporary alternative shelter sites, along with more money for homeless camp suites and sobering center. He also asked for 96 state police officers to focus on Portland and open a state police branch downtown and asked for a commitment from downtown businesses to bring remote work employees back into the office by January 1st. In sports, for the fifth time in her career, University of Portland women's soccer goalkeeper Bree Norris has been named the West Coast Conference Defensive Player of the Week after the first week of the season. Norris earns the honor after the Pilots put together a dominant defensive performance in their one to nothing win over Cal State Northridge. Norris was credited with the shutout, marking her 20th shutout as a keeper for Portland, which ranks 8th in program history. Pilots were also one of just two WC teams to post a shutout win over the weekend. The goalkeeper from Boise enters the year, having been named one of the goalkeepers to watch by United Soccer Coaches this preseason. Portland plays its home opener at Merlot Field tomorrow, 7 o'clock, against the Washington State Cougars. As many parents can appreciate, when kids come along, we usually forget being too precious about our cars. As the number of kids grow, we're lucky if we can even find the keys to the car. So when a dad of nine tried to sell his tired and well-used 15-passenger van on Craigslist, he reaped the rewards for posting an all-too-honest and relatable account of the vehicle's condition. From the lengthy description, it almost seems like the dad, Josh Wood, was trying to dissuade people from being interested in the van with its missing speakers whose holes have been filled with chicken nuggets over the years. Scuff marks, dent scratches, cracked windshield, broken door locks, and more. In fact, he states... Better yet, if you're wondering if some particular part of the van works, just assume it doesn't work in the way that Ford originally intended it to work. Now, one side of the van has a yellow scuff mark on it, the courtesy of me and a battle with a yellow concrete parking divider. I did not win. The other side of the van has a matching white scuff mark. That one is courtesy of my wife. She completes me. (laughs) In related news, you know how most cars these days come equipped with a fancy backup camera? This one does not. We're a family of 11. Every one of our children has been sick in this van at some point in the past decade. We've had the van detailed a couple of times since then. Shout out to Extreme Auto Restyling Center for tackling a level of depravity unrivaled in the world of passenger transport. The van is clear now, but it will probably always be inhabited by the ghost of illnesses past. Trying to find the right asking price, though, Dad said, referred to the Kelly Blue Book, opting for the lowest overall description of fair. Adding in the description, I chose fair since sad wasn't an option. (laughs) I've adjusted my asking price accordingly. You may be wondering if they sold that vehicle who says on his blog that he's a follower of Jesus, managed to sell this weary van. He posted an update saying that he was waiting for the deal to go through, and if it didn't, he had a waiting list of potential buyers. He ends his update with, also, I've been asked by a number of people if I'll leave my post up for a while after the van is sold. He said, Yes, I will.
Nice. God bless you. So that's a van with a lot of love right there. That is, you know, a, you think about now. I've had in, in the years that I've been driving, our family had three minivans. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. We went through a few of them, and, and for years, I mean, you, you, yeah, you had three vehicles, three minivans. The last one we had, uh, my beloved uh, Honda Odyssey. Oh, it did hurt a little bit when I traded it in for my car. It's not a good commuter, uh, but the memories is what's hard to, you know, detach from the vehicle because we made some great trips in that car. That's great. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This Thursday at 5.30 p.m. is Catholic in Recovery Meeting for women are at Our Lady of the Lake Parish in Lake Oswego. The community of Our Lady of the Lake Parish invites women in recovery from alcohol or any unhealthy attachments as they discuss recovery topics and pray. The Catholic in Recovery meeting takes place in the Parish Center's second floor library. Confidentiality is protected. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, we haven't talked to her for a while, really looking forward, mm-hmm. touching base with Miriam Marston. You know, she's been traveling. Yes. Yeah. I've been following her trip, nice. too. So we're going to hear from Miriam right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Day Radio and Monsignor John Syak with a morning blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we beg you for your blessing this day, knowing how good you are, and how you treat us not according to our sinfulness, but according to your mercy. We ask you to bless all the people listening, wherever they are, in their homes, in their cars, at work, and that you would give them the grace that they need to be holy this day. You send the Holy Spirit to them. Send our Blessed Mother Mary to intercede for us. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatriDayRadio.com. Support from Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie. Located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood, the Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com. The average smartphone has more than 40 apps installed, and most of them are never used. Clear this clutter from your phone and make Matraday Radio's Hail Mary Media app your go-to spiritual resource. It's got everything you need to grow in holiness, including a huge library of enriching prayers, liturgy of the hours with the monks at Mount Angel Abbey, 
and a personalized schedule of your daily prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also contains a stream of Mater Day Radio's live broadcast, podcast of our original shows, including programs not heard on the radio. Plus, you'll find fun things to do on the interactive community calendar, Catholic news, and so much more. The Hail Mary Media app has everything you need to grow closer to Christ all in one place. Download it today. Search Hail Mary Media in the iOS App Store, Google Play, or MatradeRadio.com. Declutter your phone and turn to the Hail Mary Media app from Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 8.13 here at Mater Day Radio, starting the morning with little cooler temperatures, but we are warming up into the afternoon with a mix of sun and clouds. We climb to about 80 degrees overnight. We're back to the upper 50s. Then Thursday, hazy kind of morning, but more sunshine into the afternoon, 93 degrees. <laughs> and we're going to be staying in the 90s every single day, I think through Saturday, it looks like. It looks like that, yeah, for sure. Uh, 48 degrees is St. Mary's Catholic Church in Albany. And it is 59 degrees at Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Battleground, Washington. Well, it has been several weeks, but we are very pleased to bring back to the Morning Blend the host of Blazing the Trail, heard every Wednesday evening at 7.30 on Matra Day Radio or anytime on the Hail Mary Media app. She is also the Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Tigard. We give a very warm welcome back to Miriam Marston. How are you? Good morning, David, Brenda, all your listeners. It's great to be on with you again. I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, doing very well. Thank you very much. And there is a very good reason why we haven't heard from you in a while, because you've been traveling the world and uh, you're, you're back now. So uh, where have you been? Where has Miriam been? Yes. Yeah, so um, I, uh, my, my mother is from the northwest part of France. And so my, my parents moved back to France about 13 years ago. Um, and so I went to go spend some time with my parents, um, my siblings, who um, are all currently over in Europe as well at the, at the moment. Um, and so I spent a month in, in Brittany um, in our family home, uh, and it was just a, a splendid time. Uh, it, the, a little cooler weather, which I was okay with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I missed a few uh, heat waves there, uh, but just right on right on the ocean. Um, so we just soaked up the time with each other and um, in a beautiful location. What what is Brittany like? Yeah, so uh, the, the place where actually um, I'm in, it's in a sort of I guess it's called like a county. I guess called mm-hmm. Plamer. And it means uh, like land and sea, kind of this perfect marriage of land and sea. And so there's kind of a, a rugged terrain, but really beautiful yeah. and like right up, um, you know, on, on the water. And it's not kind of these, these huge looming cliffs. It's more, it's a little more accessible than that. Um, but uh, yeah, mixes of just green and rock. Um, so it's that kind of rugged terrain and, and the climate is pretty temperate. Yeah. Um, and uh and, and really, you know, David, um, it's it's one of the more Catholic parts of of France. It's mm. really retained those roots. It's a very uh, Celtic uh, part of the world. In fact, the biggest Celtic festival in the world is held like 15 minutes away from our family home. Oh, no kidding! So it's got really deep Celtic roots, um, but really has a, a, just a, a deep history of um, just Catholic devotion and tradition. And um, so, for instance, um, you know, we talk a lot about the decline of the practice of Christianity mm-hmm. in France, and, and that's a real thing, and that's a topic for another time. Sure. 
But I got to be honest with you, when we're over there and we go to the local parish for Sunday Mass, it is packed. And it's packed with young families. Mm-hmm. Now, I get it. It might be a little bit of an anomaly. It's a seaside town, sure. and it's a lot of folks on vacation. But how can it not fill my heart with hope to see all these young families just filling up um, a church on Sunday in France? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's great to see. And um, we did something different this year. We visited a, a, a pilgrimage site oh. uh, about 40 minutes from our family home that I had never been to. Mm-hmm. And I've been going to this place in this area my whole life, yeah. <laughs> and I'd never been here. Uh, but David, it's called uh, St. Anne Doré, and it's the site of the only church-approved apparition of St. Anne, oh, who really? tradition tells us was the mother of Mary. And I was really fortunate because we happened to be there on July 26th when they celebrate an annual um, outdoor Mass with mm-hmm. thousands of participants wow. to commemorate the anniversary of the apparition. So that was uh, a huge highlight. It's the third most popular pilgrimage site in all of France behind um, Lourdes and uh, Lisieux. Um, so yeah, that was that was really awesome. Yeah, that that is interesting. I, you know, I don't know a lot about pilgrimages in France other than, as you mentioned, the ones there. So you talk about people coming there. I mean, from all over France, or is it more regional, or how does that work? Oh, they they were coming from like all over the world. Oh wow! I, it, it, yeah, no, this was a big deal. Um, so definitely from all over France, and and we as even we were driving into the um this little town. Uh, we could see, even in the rain, David, yeah. <laughs> it was raining at the time, just people walking from all over um, to be able to make it to this special site. Um, and, and again, St. Anne is unsurprisingly the, the patron saint of, of Brittany. And mm-hmm. I think she she just resonates, her maternal heart just resonates uh, just with so many people. Um, and uh, just the, the beautiful uh, devotion, really, mm-hmm. to see to, to St. Anne. And and being there, I I couldn't and learning more about the story of the apparition to this young farmer, um, you know, some hundreds of years ago, right. um, where she said, you know, I would Saint Anne said I would like a, a chapel dedicated to me here, and, mm. and I'm there, David, and I'm just reminded of God's providential care for His people, right. and that salvation didn't kind of just drop out of the sky. Like God works through families, through relationships, through history. And all of that just to bring each of us home um, to the refuge of his love. It's yeah. just, it was just really beautiful to see. Well, when you talk about being in France and going to this pilgrimage there, what also resonates with me, Miriam, is the worldwide church. You know, we think about our local parishes, and we, we go to Mass there, and the sacraments and all of those things, but wherever you go in the world, there is the worldwide church, and that really says that. Uh, absolutely, and you know it was it was striking at this particular um, mass. Uh, I, I'm not sure of the history here, but there was a, a close connection with a few countries in Africa mm. with uh, Saint Anne, and I, I needed to look more into it. But there was um, a huge group uh, visiting um, from from African countries, and it was incorporated. Their music was incorporated into the mass, and it was awesome. Uh, to see, and it really, like you're saying, was a powerful testimony to the universality of the church. And it's not just um, for one particular region. Um, even though some places might have a, a strong devotion, um, we can all be a part of that. 
Yeah, that that's wonderful. I got to ask you too because uh, you know yeah. it's it's breakfast time and I'm hungry, so <laughs> I, I wanted to know. Uh, in Brittany, is there a particular cuisine uh, like regional there? Yeah. yeah, that's that's a great question. So uh, the classic Breton uh, dish um, is called the galette, or um, and the sort of uh, dessert version of that is the cup. Um, oh. And so uh, in pretty much every town, you'll see a capri, which will sell these. Uh, it's like a, you know, I think every country has a version yeah. of like <laughs> just a flat pancake or a burrito. Um, but that, it really is my favorite food. But that is what the Breton people are known for in their cuisine. Yeah. A lot of seafood being on the ocean. Definitely a lot of seafood, which is tough, David, because I'm allergic to seafood. Oh, yes, that <laughs> so is tough, yeah. I, I'm allergic to seafood and alcohol. Oh. <laughs> so the two things that actually are, are really enjoyed in abundance in that part of the world, I wasn't really able to participate in, but there's I have other options, well, so it's okay. That's right. <laughs> she is Miriam Marson. She is the host of Blazing the Trailhead every Wednesday evening at 7.30, Matra Day Radio, anytime on the Hail Mary Media app, and the Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony. Catholic Church in Tigard. Miriam, great to have you back. Wonderful to hear about your trip. And, uh, you know, we'll just we'll continue on into the late summer, into the fall, and look forward to talking with you again. Uh, thank you so much. Great to be back, and God bless you all. God bless. It is 822 here at Mater Day Radio. Uh, no alcohol or seafood. Yes. God bless you, Miriam. In I think France. I would cry a whole lot, but thank goodness she has the ability to make up for it in eating all of those wonderful sweets. That's thank right. goodness for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, Miriam, a welcome home. If you want to listen to that interview again, head over to Mater Day Radio. The Morning Blend is made into a podcast. You can listen to its entirety, but if you want to listen to Miriam again, perhaps send that to a friend who maybe recently is going or coming back from France, you can do that right there through our webpage. You also have access to all of our shows and podcasts on the Hail Mary Media app. I really enjoy plugging my map, uh, my phone into mm-hmm. uh, my car when I head home. I open up the app. I pray the rosary, listen to some uh, wonderful interviews and shows. It's a great way to catch up if you're not always near your radio and can listen to our programming throughout the day. So remember, you have access to everything on our webpage, matradayradio.com. You're going to access all of it, too, on the Hail Mary Media app. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Facing difficult problems in your marriage. Oregon Retrovi is a lifeline to married couples helping them restore their marriage and rebuild a loving relationship. Catholic in origin, this Christian marriage program is open to all married couples, no matter what age, walk of life, faith, or ethnic background. Oregon Retrovi is a practical program to improve communication, build stronger marriages, and help couples reconnect. Presenters are not trained marriage counselors, but rather couples sharing their personal stories and the tools that they use to rediscover their love. Begin your journey to healing. All it takes is a decision to find out more. 
Go to helpourmarriage.org and start the process today. That's helpourmarriage.org to learn more about this transformational program. Oregon Retrovi, a lifeline for married couples. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon. The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is available on their website at tchforegon.org. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. They're not baristas, but they do serve up a good cup of joy. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 826 in Mater Day Radio. Don't call yet, but just in several minutes, we're going to have a couple pairs or two pairs, two tickets actually, a pair of tickets to the Vancouver Wine and Jazz Festival. So stay with us. So we got news coming up in three minutes. Here is Kara Klein and Catch Me. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. I was afraid, afraid to fall, afraid to hurt, to risk it all. Till I see 
That is Kara Klein and Catch Me. It is 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news this hour, San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordleone on Monday announced that the Archdiocese would be submitting a Chapter 11 bankruptcy filing, a development the prelate had earlier warned might come about as a result of numerous abuse filings against the Archdiocese. Cordleone earlier in August had warned that the filing was very likely in response to the more than 500 civil lawsuits alleging clerical sexual abuse filed against the archdiocese. A Chapter 11 filing, the archbishop said at the time, would allow the archdiocese to deal with those cases collectively rather than one at a time. In an announcement posted on the Archdiocese website, Cordleone said that after much reflection, prayer, and consultation with our financial and legal advisors, the Archdiocese has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy reorganization. Cordleone said only the legal entity of the Archdiocese itself would be covered by the bankruptcy filings. Our parishes, schools, and other entities are not included in the filing, he said. Our mission will continue as it always has. The Archbishop said offertory funds from individual parishes, as well as funds raised during annual appeals, would not be used to cover the cost of the settlement. Well, if you're an early-to-bed person like me, you may find this interesting that Friday will be the last day for a while that the sun sets after 8 p.m. In fact, Friday is it. The sun dips below the horizon at 8.01 p.m. on Friday, then Saturday, sunset, 7.59. Mm. So say goodbye to the uh, after 8 o'clock sunsets. Oh, goodbye. Yes, goodbye. So Portland continues to lose about three minutes of daylight each day with both later sunrises and earlier sunsets. With these shorter days, obviously, comes cooler temperatures as you lose your heat source. Not so much this weekend, though. <laughs> Portland's normal daytime highs will drop nearly 10 degrees in the month of September. So the autumn equinox falls on September 23rd. That marks an equal amount of daylight and nighttime hours and the first day of fall. And after that, we will start to transition to more hours of darkness. You know, it's always interesting to think, you know, when in late midsummer and it's late light until 9, 9.30 in right. the evening. And you get to the dead of winter and it's like 4 p.m. It's no sun. No sun. It's like, that's always a strange deal. Uh, winter begins December 21st. That would be your shortest day of the year. Peace Health announced late Tuesday afternoon that it's beginning the process of closing its University District Hospital in Eugene. In a news release, the health system called the hospital underutilizes and said it loses an average of $2 million per month. The University District Hospital sees an average of 95 patients daily, according to Peace Health. Ambulatory and behavioral health services will stay at the University District Hospital. However, pending regulatory approval, most services, including the emergency department and inpatient rehabilitation, will be moved less than six miles away to Sacred Heart Medical Center at River Bend in Springfield. Peace Health said it will phase out emergency department services at the University District location in November. 
The Oregon Nurses Association said it strongly opposes the closure. In a statement released Tuesday afternoon, ONA said it's in contact with the Oregon Health Authority to determine if there are regulatory ways to block the closure. Well, in what seems like another space race, India has landed a spacecraft on the moon today, becoming only the fourth nation ever to accomplish the feat. Previously, only the United States, China, and the former Soviet Union have completed soft landings on the lunar surface. This comes after Russia's first lunar mission in decades ended in failure with its uncrewed Luna 25 spacecraft crashing into the moon's surface over the weekend. The incident's a big blow to Russia's new space ambitions. Now, the U.S. has its own plans to return to the moon with its Artemis program led by NASA. It is intended to reestablish a human presence on the moon for the first time since the Apollo 17 mission back in 1972. The next step in the program is planned for next year with a four-person crew test flight. If all goes as planned, a crew could land on the moon as early as 2025. So I watched a little bit of the video of the India landing on the Uh moon today, and its lunar module almost looks like the 1972. Does it really? U.S. lunar module. Go in and check that out. That's kind of what it reminded me of. when I I, I just looked at it very quickly. I didn't have a lot of time to look it over, but it's like, oh, wow, that almost looks like the uh, old uh, U.S. lunar module. So... Very nice. I wonder if the U.S., as we get back to the moon, too, if the flight director, the command director, going to have a new vest uh, that he'll wear like they always did in all of the Apollo uh, missions. And a crew cut. And a crew cut. Yes, got to have that. As the White House administration takes billions of dollars, makes billions of dollars available to remove millions of dangerous lead pipes that can contaminate drinking water and damage brain development in children. Some states turning down the funds. Washington, Oregon, Maine, and Alaska declined all or most of their federal funds in the first of five years that the mix of grants and loans is available. Some states are less prepared to pay for lead removal projects because in many cases, the lead must first be found. And communities are hesitant to take out loans to search for their lead pipes. Lead pipes are far more common in some states such as Michigan and Illinois, with each having hundreds of thousands. The states that decline funds have fewer problematic pipes, but it doesn't mean lead isn't an issue. Portland has struggled with high lead levels for years, although recent tests have been better and officials say the issue isn't lead pipes, but household plumbing. Washington state accepted $85,000 of $63 million it could have taken and said the decision was based on the limited number of water systems that wanted the loan. In sports, University of Portland men's soccer team has been picked to finish first in the West Coast Conference in the annual WCC Coaches preseason poll. The program record four players were also picked on the all-conference preseason team. This is the second season in a row that the Pilots have been picked to finish first in the conference. Portland received four first-place votes to finish just ahead of San Diego. Loyola Marymount and St. Mary's trailed in third and fourth, followed by Santa Clara, Pacific, San Francisco, and Gonzaga. Pilots open the regular season at home against the Sacramento State Hornets on Friday, kickoff, 7 p.m. We head out to the bluff Friday evening. 
Whenever St. Rose of Lima is depicted in painting or statues, it appears that she is wearing a Dominican habit and is a religious nun. However, while she greatly desired to enter a Dominican monastery, her father refused her. Instead, St. Rose of Lima lived at home and became a member of the Third Order of St. Dominic. This means that she was technically a lay member of the Dominican Order and lived in the world outside of a monastery. She did wear a habit that is specific to members of the Third Order and also made a personal vow of perpetual virginity. St. Rose of Lima led a life similar to St. Catherine of Siena, who was also a member of the Third Order of St. Dominic. Both women were not religious nuns who lived in a monastery, but instead lived out their lives in the seclusion of their own homes. Currently, while Third Order still exists today, the religious habit no longer worn by the members except in death. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And the Sunday Holy Rosary in Portland is offering a Dominican Lady Formation Program class. Holy Rosary Chapter of the Dominican Lady invites any Catholic ages 18 and over who is interested in joining to inquire about the chapter's new initial formation program of classes starting on August 27th. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. All right. Uh, what do we have coming up next interview? All right. Hey, a, a new recurring interview pro segment with Holy Family Catholic Clinic. Dr. Mayot going to talk to us about hiking safety. All right. That sounds very good. And hold tight, because in just a couple minutes, we're going to have you call to try to win a pair of tickets to the Vancouver Wine and Jazz Festival. We'll tell you when right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. St. Benedict calls the monastery a school for the Lord's service. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. St. Benedict wants nothing harsh or burdensome, but knows that some strictness may be necessary. When we remember school, we know that it was not all easy or fun. We needed some discipline, which comes from the word for learning. It took time and practice to write a research paper or master a language or learn fractions. A good life is the same. We have to work at it consistently over time. Only then do we develop those habits of virtue which make us skilled at being good, which make the hard things easier. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. School may have been difficult, but now we treasure the learning. The same is true for our lives in The School of the Lord's Service. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. 
Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. Hi, everyone. This is David from Day Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Matra Day Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. It's 842 at Matra Day Radio, partly sunny today, high of 80 degrees, a little cloud overnight, low of 57, then haze and hot for Thursday, a high of 93. Currently 61 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. And it's 59 degrees at St. Francis Church in Sherwood. All right, here we go. We got a pair of tickets for you to the Vancouver Wine and Jazz Festival Friday through Sunday coming up this weekend, the 25th through the 27th. Tickets are good for one of those days. You can choose one of those days and go. Got to come by the studio to pick up the tickets. That's right. It starts on Friday, so we're not going to have enough time to get it in the mail to you. So 10 to 3, you can come by the studio offices here on Sylvan Hill and pick up the tickets. Here's another call. We'll take the second caller. Second caller. Here's the number. 8. 888-823-5286. Again, the number, 888-823-5286. One more time, 888-823-5286. Call now. Here in the Pacific Northwest, we are surrounded by the beauty of God's creation. And for those who like to get outside and enjoy this wonderful late summer weather, well, there's many places we can do that. Get on your hiking shoes and head out not far from Portland, and you've got great places to hike. But there are some things to remember, especially as we get late into the season, to remember that what we always need to do is come home safely. Well, joining me this morning is Dr. Mark Mayotte. He's an internist at Holy Family Catholic Clinic. Joining us today to talk a little bit about what we need to do to make sure we are safe and healthy after a long day of hiking. Good morning, Dr. Mayotte. Thanks so much for joining the morning show. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here. As I said in the open, we are surrounded by areas to hike, both for beginners and for the really experienced climber. You can go from just a nice level hike all the way to the peaks of the mountains around here. So if you were heading out to take on one of these hikes, what are some things that you need to remember before you start the hike to ensure, well, that you have a safe return? Well, um, I think the first is uh, planning. So, you know, know your route, um, uh, know your limitations. Um, that's hard for some of us. I, I know that I t- sometimes get ahead of myself, but, um, you know, make sure that you're warmed up. Um, uh, make sure that someone else knows your plan. So, um, you know, ideally you go with a partner. So you go with someone who's hiking with you and that, that people back home know where you're going. Um, there's some wonderful places. Um, it's, it's, you know, wonderful thing to do. 
Is um, is the equipment something important to remember too? I think many people. I mean, just a pair of tennis shoes and out they go. But can injuries be reduced if you are wearing the right equipment, the right shoes and walking sticks, compared to the type of hike you're going to embark on? Yeah, I mean, definitely um, shoes are very important. You know, good shoes, good um, footwear. Um, paying very good attention to. Um, you know, if you're having problems with your feet um, when you're hiking, if you start to have <clears throat> sore feelings, you know, stop right away and, and, you know, take off the shoes. And if you need to put on some moleskin or some um, medical tape in the area that's sore so you don't develop a blister, um, your blisters are very common. They can happen to a lot of us. What else? I think um, carrying a first aid kit is important. Um, it's There's a list of what they call the 10 essentials um, that every hiker should be carrying. And one of them is a first aid kit. So you know, having things like um, anti-inflammatory, like um, aspirin or ibuprofen, you know, anti-diarrheal if you're out for um, you know, a long period of time, antihistamine, things like that, in addition to Band-Aids and antibiotic ointment. I mean, all of these things are important. Dr. Mark Mayotte is joining us today. He's an internist with Holy Family Catholic Clinic. And if you are heading out this weekend to enjoy some of these beautiful summer days, he has some special tips for you to ensure that you have a great day and one that is without injury. So you talked about things like, you know, those blisters or inflammation. Those are maybe more of the uh, more common types of uh, issues that we might run across, but sometimes things maybe get a little bit more intense. Maybe that hike up was a little bit more uh, intensive on the heart. What should you be aware of if you're starting to feel something that could be the sign of something more serious happening on your walk? Well, I, I mean, I would say if, if you're starting to have chest pain or, or symptoms of, of heart, you know, to, to stop right away and rest. And, you know, if you can have a partner that can get help, you know, get help. Um, if you have an aspirin to take an aspirin with, you know, take an aspirin while you're waiting. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of older hikers and, and a lot of us have health issues. So, you know, bring your medicines and be aware of your issues um, if, if you do go hiking. Um, you know, not to, to know your limits, I think, is important. Mm-hmm. And then we know this coming weekend, we've got some warm temperatures again. We're getting up into the 90s. And while you might feel like you're pretty strong, it's important to stay hydrated and really to uh, keep from overheating. So what are some of the signs that, well, maybe you've overdone it, you're maybe a little dehydrated, maybe suffering from a little bit of heat issues? Um, yeah, I mean, paying attention to, you know, making sure you're drinking your water, they say, you know, about a, a liter every two hours when you're hiking, that's, you know, plus or minus, you know, I mean, symptoms of, of heat exhaustion, you know, things like um, headache or um, extreme fatigue and, and just, you know, again, being aware of that, being sure to stop, I mean, you know, before things get worse and you get into bigger trouble. Well, hopefully some of those precautions will allow you to have such a great day out in the Pacific Northwest. Let's say somebody's had a wonderful day. They've come home, maybe pushed it a little bit. Now the next day or even two days after, they're starting to feel maybe they overdid it then. So what are the, some of the things that they can do to maybe alleviate some of the soreness that they might have? or And, and then maybe no when an injury or something is lingering so long that they might need some medical attention? 
Um, well, it's, you know, be natural. I think if, if you're out on a hike, especially if you haven't been hiking a lot and, and, and you sort of overdo it to have some soreness, I think, you know, you'd, you'd expect, you know, a couple days of, of maybe soreness, make sure you rest, get lots of fluids and good nutrition. You know, I think if things are not getting better in a couple days or, or you know, not, not progressing to give your doctor a call and, and, you know, get it checked out, or certainly things are getting worse. We know things there at Holy Family Catholic Clinic starting to grow, and your uh, clients are, are coming from all over the area to see you there. Is this type of injury, maybe just those common kinds of injuries, things feeling so good, a twisted ankle on a rigorous hike, is that something there that the doctors at Holy Family Clinic are ready to help their patients? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and and having hiked myself, I, I can add some personal personal experience to it too. I, I went out and, and I overdid it and, and tweaked my knee. So it's, it's and we're we're ready and ready, willing to see anybody with any sort of injury like that. Oh, well, fantastic. Dr. Mayot, I appreciate your time today and really wonderful work that you're all doing there at Holy Family Catholic Clinic. I appreciate your time today and maybe we'll we'll see you out on the trail. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Brenda. God bless you. God bless you, too. And again, that is Dr. Mark Mayotte. He's an internal medical doctor at Holy Family Catholic Clinic. Now, if you want to find out more information, perhaps on how you can become one of the clients there at Holy Family, I will be sure to add a link that'll get you right to their website. You can read all about the wonderful services they provide there and services that are faithful to the teachings of the Catholic Church. You will find that link on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And it is 8.51 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend on this Wednesday. Did we get a winner? We did. Yay. Congratulations to Charlene. She is a parishioner at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver. Hey. So she won't have to go very far to get over to Esther Shore Park <laughs> for the Wine and Jazz Festival. That is awesome. And so tomorrow we will have... Two more pairs of tickets to give away. That'll wrap it up for us this week for the Vancouver Wine and Jazz Festival. So if you tried today and didn't get through, well, you can get another opportunity tomorrow. So uh, we will look forward to that. And again, go to our website, too, if you want to check out our great programming all day long. If you go to our website on the programming page, we have a full program schedule for you right there. You can just print that thing out, put it right up there on your refrigerator and know what's happening on Mater Day Radio 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can also do that through your Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Please join me, Father Peter Julia, the Vocations Director for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon, in praying the Our Father. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Peter Julia, the Vocations Director for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. To learn more about discerning your vocation, please visit archdpdxvocations.org. That's archdpdxvocations.org. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E, dot com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree. But we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's joy. It's inspiration. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 8.55 in Mater Day Radio. One last look at your forecast. Partly sunny today, high of 80. Few clouds overnight tonight, low of 57. Thursday starts to heat up. 93 degrees tomorrow, hazy skies. You know, there is a slight chance of a thunderstorm Thursday night into Friday, so have to watch for that. But going to be 90s right on through the weekend. Currently, 63 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is Josh Blakesley. Be lifted high. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Your voice is over the water Your voice is over the sea Your voice is mighty in power and wisdom and love and charity The heavens thunder your glory The heavens testify The heavens shine in the darkness for all of the nations of holy light. You will be exalted. You will be lifted high. You will be our Savior forever and ever. Our God be glorified. You made us your chosen.
That is Josh Blakesley and Be Lifted High. It's 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. Thank you so much for riding like the wind with David and Brenda on the Morning Blend on this Wednesday. We do appreciate it. You know what I'm going to do today? What's that? Go ride your bike. I'm going to mow my yard like the wind today. Okay, wear your mask. (laughs) Yes, before it gets 90 tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, for sure. That is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. Uh, let's see. It is Wednesday. Miriam Marston. We're going to have an uh, encore edition of Blazing the Trail. We hope you have a very blessed day.